Before Shopify, were you wondering, where my sales at? Now you're selling with Shopify, the global commerce platform supercharging your selling. You have no problem selling online, in person, on social media, and beyond. Gary, easy on the cha-ching. <clears throat> oh, sorry, but my Shopify sales are through the roof. Start selling with Shopify today and discover how millions of businesses around the world use Shopify to ignite their selling. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Shopify.com slash listen. Welcome back. Episode 42 of Inside Illini Football. I'm Matt Daniels, the sports editor of the News Gazette. The one in the room not fiddling with my microphone like uh, beat writer Scott Ritchie is. Just, Hi, Scott. Hello. Just making sure it's all set and ready for me. You're a podcast veteran. You should you know, have your own microphone. Just bring it in here and replace the one you're talking on. Like gold-plated or something? Yeah, why not? Platinum. Yeah. I'm not sure... Either the podcasts have gone platinum yet, or if that's even a thing for podcasts. I, but I don't know either. I'm going to say they're, they're gold. Okay. They've gone gold. How are you, Scott? Uh, it's December, so the overlap of Illinois football, basketball, everything else in November is over, and I'm feeling much better <laughs> about that. Uh, there will be no bowl game for Brett Bielema's Illini this year. Uh, they went into the regular season finale against Northwestern with a... Very, 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 very slim possibility if they were to beat Northwestern, which they did handily, and we'll get into that, that they would potentially play at some point in December, but that is not the case. There were more than enough six-win teams to fill the absurd number of 82 bowl slots that are out there. Too many. Uh, Bob Osmussen and I and Scott will get into an argument about that later tonight at the Esquire uh, for Wednesday night sports talk. As we've shifted to that uh, format the last couple weeks because of Illinois basketball games on on Monday night, um, but Illinois finished five and seven this season, had a I would say their most complete performance of the season in the final game this past Saturday in Champaign, a forty seven fourteen beatdown of Northwestern and the Land of Lincoln Trophy, the hat. Hat. It's back at. Is it in the Smith Center at Memorial Stadium? Where's it at right um, now? Is it's it at in Bielema's the house or Bielema's Airbnb. I think well, he's left the Airbnb. Left, okay, so he's out of quarantine. Um, I think the the final place for it will be in the locker room at the Smith Center. Okay. Don't know where it like. I don't know where it is right this very minute. They're not going on like a. They're not going to like like a Stanley Cup tour. Where everyone of, gets. Yeah, to take yeah it. everyone gets to take it for a day. I mean, they could, I guess. Yeah. Um, don't know if that's the plan. Also, I mean, like you can put it on your head, kind of, but it's not as cool as the Stanley Cup where like you could eat your, your Cheerios out yeah. of it. Mm-hmm. Although, if like I'm the, I think I only do that if I'm the first person to have it, to drink or eat anything out of the Stanley Cup. Because true, but e- even if you were the first person in say like 2022, and the next Stanley Cup gets awarded, other. People would have I mean, they done that before. I, just, I assume they clean it after. I think they have to clean it at, like after every Stanley Cup tour because they do some nasty stuff to it. Very true. Um, no, no, Land of Lincoln Trophy tour though is what you're no. saying, Scott. And like, you can only put it on your head for so long because it's heavy. It is. That's true. And it's not like an actual hat. It's a like a bronze 
had. But it's back in the possession of the Illini for the first time since 2014. Uh, safe to say now Brett Bielema owns Pat Fitzgerald. Uh, you know, in the smallest of small sample sizes, sure. But it's 1-0, Scott. Yeah, no, Northwestern's also won the last 14 of 21 games against Illinois. So historically, in the semi-recent history of the rivalry, kind of, um, Northwestern has you know kind of had the edge, but now maybe the, the tide is turning in Illinois' favor. Well, you picked this, Scott, in the last Saturday's News Gazette. You but I certainly didn't pick a 47-14 to 14 <laughs> finish because, uh, well, to be fair, Illinois hadn't scored that many points in, I don't know, like two games combined this year. But you did have that uh, correct pick. What you finished nine and three on the season in your your picks. I did had a uh, three game slide there at the end. Again, thanks Penn State. If anyone would have picked the Penn State Rutgers and Minnesota games to go like they did, uh, I don't know, like start buying lottery tickets because you got some 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 juju happening right there. Penn State's side side note: Penn State's defensive coordinator, who Illinois abolished on the or demolished on the ground. Uh, in Happy Valley back in October, Brent Pry, what owner ran for 357 yards, I want to say, yep. using the barge. I know they barely threw the ball, but still were able to move the ball consistently. Brent Pry is now the head coach of Virginia Tech, so apparently people in Blacksburg, Virginia, didn't really care what Illinois' run game did to Penn State's defense. Must have missed that, that game. Exactly. Uh, good luck in Blacksburg. <laughs> um, but what what are your kind of big takeaways from – uh, from Saturday's regular season finale and, and items that the Illini can use going into an off season that will feature likely a ton of player turnover on the roster. Yeah, and that's a whole different story because you know the roster that finished this season for Illinois um, was going to look very very different for the the opener against Wyoming next. August twenty seventh, another week zero game. Um, Stop with that moniker. Yeah, just how about week, week one? one. <laughs> <laughs> Enough teams played out in quote unquote week zero that just made their first week of the regular season. Um, I like college football, but some of the things it has going on in the sport are just it, it's nonsensical. Just, exactly. Um, I mean, the Northwestern game was, I think, a glimpse of like what. Brett Bielma wants Illinois football to be you know, a, a defense that you know, just got progressively better from the post Virginia game on. Played at you know a really high level and you know got some takeaways, got some stops, just played good football. And then you know the offense, which has been rightly maligned all year because of how inconsistent it's been. Um, Operated at peak, I think it's peak. You know, Brandon Peters, his completion percentage went down as the game progressed, but had one of his best games in an Illinois uniform. And they ran the ball effectively. Chase Brown got got over 1,000 yards. He had 100-plus yards in the game. Uh, Stretched the field vertically in the passing game, which was, you know, a rarity this season. Uh, It's That's the game Brett Bielma is going to show to prospective recruits. Um, he's on the road now. Mm-hmm. He'll be on the road the rest of this week as they get closer to that early signing period. But he's going to show them the Northwestern game, and hopefully, you know, he just might just say, "Don't worry about the other 
11 we played, this is what... Don't look at Virginia or... UTSA or Wisconsin. Yeah. Uh, Look at the North... Like, just focus on the Northwestern game. Just the game itself, not the the thousands of people dressed as empty seats at Memorial Stadium. Well, from the camera angles, you're just not going to see that. That's true. We'll get into the crowd later. (laughs) We'll take long. Yeah. But, like, that's... That's a, what he's going to sell is, is kind of this nasty defense and an offense that can be productive. Maybe it wasn't all year long, but when things work well. And, I mean, to be fair, Northwestern. Bad. Very bad. Just It was like, I think what Northwestern fans are getting a taste of like what Illinois fans have had, which is where you just don't compete. True. Overall, though, I think when you look back at this first season of Brett Bielema, five to ten years down the road, again, we don't know what's going to happen in year two, year three, et cetera, moving forward. But I think you could call it a successful first season for a first-year head coach for a program that historically has struggled. Again, the standards for Illinois football are not. They're they're low. I'll yes, just say it. Exactly. Um, yeah, I think it, it. I think it. It can be labeled a success. I predicted five wins, so mm-hmm. clearly I was correct. I had four and eight, so I was off. Um, but the difference, really, outside of the Wisconsin game, partially Virginia, like I just didn't get run off the field. Yeah. this year. Like, I mean, they, that's the thing. They in, competed in ten of their twelve games. They were in it in the fourth quarter. It wasn't. Um, a blowout at halftime for those 10 games. It wasn't, you know, the outcome wasn't sealed. I mean, you look back on this season two, and I'm sure Bielem and his staff have done this hundreds of times in their heads. If they just would have made one play differently, maybe gone for a fourth and two early in the year in September. Uh, the, the Maryland games. The Maryland, the, the Purdue game. Two games they should have won and just gacked it away down the stretch. And, I mean, you're looking at those two teams. I mean, Maryland wins in Champaign. They're going to a bowl game because of the win in Champaign. They're, they finished 6-6. Six and six. Purdue finished 8-4. and four. I mean, You just take the Maryland game where, I mean, they scored twice in, like, four minutes mm-hmm. to win in regulation when yeah. Illinois had the game. Not Clearly not in hand, but adjacent to in hand. And, and that's... Maryland doesn't go to a bowl game, and Illinois does. Like, yeah. That's the difference. Virginia has finished 6-6, six and six, so they'll go to a bowl game. Uh, UTSA won 11-1. and one. Actually kind of hurt Illinois this past Saturday. The Roadrunners were 11-0 and 0 going into their game against North Texas, who was 5-6. and six. The Mean Green won to go to 6-6, six and six, trimming the list of uh, possibilities for a 5-7 and seven team to get to a bowl game. Yeah, and really, if we're going to be honest, like they, Illinois was kind of down the list of... And five let's, and seventeen. Let's be honest, too. You should not go to a bowl game if you're five and seventeen. Let's just that that's malarkey. That should not happen <laughs> in college football. That's just no. It, it shouldn't. Um, and also, like, let's let's get rid of some bowl games. That like, too. R.I.P. Redbox Bowl, but you need some partners in the the bowl game grave. Yeah. No, I'm. I like the bowl games. Used to like them a lot more until they got oversaturated, and I guess the system is what it is now. But anyway. All in all, you know, the Illinois Illinois football for the first time, I would say, I don't even know 
maybe the latter parts of the Ron Zook era, I feel like they have an identity that isn't, I guess you could look at the Levy Smith tenure and say they had an identity, but it wasn't a good, it wasn't a good identity. They've got an identity and it seems the program is going in the right direction. Um, again, if they go five and seven in year two, that's not a step forward. I, I think it's realistic. I have not studied the 2022 schedule verbatim, uh, like some folks might have already, but we'll dive into that this off season. If they go five and seven or take a step back, that's, that's not a sign of progress. That's not what you want to see. You're not going to have these good, positive feelings. That a lot of people are feeling right now about Illinois football. And again, that too also comes down to just the timing of when the wins happened. Uh, if Illinois were say they were five and four going into November and then lost at Minnesota at Iowa and lost to Northwestern and finished five and seven, there'd be a whole different feeling around this program than they are right now where they ended two and one in November, kept it competitive at Iowa without Bielema at the game after his positive test for COVID-19 and then just ran Northwestern off the field in the only home game in November. Another game, too, I know we talked about Maryland-Purdue, but, I mean, that that Rutgers home loss coming after you win at Penn State in nine overtimes in a historic football game, that one, it's crazy to think about, but Illinois could have been eight and four, and that would have – you wouldn't have been laughed off the whatever – venue you're talking about i mean it's it's hard to believe yeah, but it, they, they realistically were, could have been yeah wild <laughs> of course I mean, kind of we get to the nitty-gritty uh they aren't eight and four or weren't eight and four because they just couldn't figure out how to win games late mm-hmm. uh, at least maryland purdue Rutgers. i mean, I just that was just maybe bad football okay that was a, a huge letdown after you know beating a a then top 10 team yeah, at Penn State, and also starting Penn State's demise. Well, let, let, let's go. Let's go. You know, we'll have plenty of time in the next eight months or so to to pick out snippets of this twenty twenty one season. But let's go it's just kind of game by game. I mean, it was just kind of a roller coaster of a season for the Illini. They they beat Nebraska in the season opener. Brett Bielema probably could have run for mayor of Champaign that night and beaten Deb Finan, and everyone would have understood why. They, they really set Nebraska on what was a disastrous season for the Cornhuskers with that, that win in Champaign, um, and then it just kind of went down. Uh, the loss to Texas San Antonio on a night game, where they're, you're thinking they could capitalize on some momentum against a program that was only an FB, has only been an FBS program for a decade and said they lose that one. Yeah, which late. I did predict. That's true. Um, then the trip to Charlottesville. Not great. Bad. Uh, so you're thinking, okay, this is going to be a interesting, tough rebuild. Maybe they get three wins. Maybe because the defense was getting picked apart left and right, uh, Texas, UTSA, and uh, Virginia. And then Big Ten home, or check that, not the Big Ten opener, second Big Ten game. Weird schedule, too. 
Just play three non-conference games and go nine straight league games. Helps us sports writers with our fading memory. Sure. Uh, Friday night, the return of the Zucker to Champaign. Return of Mike <laughs> Loxley. And then... Game that should have won and didn't. Yeah. Where the 17-10. Yeah. The infamous Brandon Peters completion to center Blake Gerasati. Maybe the worst <laughs> single drive I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and Because it, 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 it ends with the quarterback completing a and pass that was a game to his two, center. That was a game, too, where in, uh, things that happened to Illinois in the past where you say, oh, that, that goes against Illinois, actually worked in Illinois' favor. What, Reggie Love fumbled, and Casey Washington picked it up and ran in for a touchdown in the fourth quarter. And yeah. it, it seemed all was right in the world, and they're going to end a two-game skid. Instead, they lose 2017. Dropped to one and three, one and one in the Big Ten, and then the trip to West Lafayette, uh, Ross Aid Stadium, sold out crowd there in late September, gorgeous weather. Gave up another late drive. Late drive, no touchdowns, so the offense was sputtering. The offense was what it was. Yeah, Josh McCray though that was his kind of breakout performance in in that game, but still lose that. Oh, go to one and four then? Is my math correct on all this? Yeah. Wow. They were one and four at one point. Finished five and seven. Okay. Um Charlotte. Again, that this all goes back to two just kind of the timing of, of when the wins and losses happen and, and why you kind of like the direction Illinois is going based on, on their late season success. And then Charlotte comes to Champagne. First game in October. It is what it is. I mean Chase Brown had a Bad first half. They were losing at halftime. Yeah, because that was still at the point where Illinois couldn't score any, anything. Yeah. No touchdowns, no field goals, no anything. And then Chase Brown just in the first quarter. ripped a couple of long runs and got going in the second half. Rushed for, what, 250-some yards? Yeah. It's like the second best performance in Memorial Stadium history. Fourth best, I think, in program history. But that put him on track, too, because... All the talk going into the season is, okay, Chase Brown, this offense is ready for you after you led the uh, Atlanta and rushing in 2020 and then some injuries and just didn't really play much in September. I mean, it's kind of wild. Like he wound up with 1,000 yards. And he played in basically two months of the season. Yeah, and outside of the Charlotte, like the, okay, so the Charlotte and the Penn State game, that's mm-hmm. about like half of his yardage for the season. Yeah. Wow. Because there's, like, I mean, the opener against Nebraska, he got like four carries and – he had single-digit carries mm-hmm. in more games than I think he had double-digit carries. All right, so they're two and four. You're thinking maybe okay, they can can write the ship, and then well, Paul Christ. Oh the yeah, ship. homecoming. Not a good homecoming for for the Illini. Uh, shut out twenty-four nothing. That really kickstarted Wisconsin seasons, and then that led to even more questions about where Illinois was going. Especially because they abandoned the run. Didn't even try. And I get it. Wisconsin had the number one ranked run defense in the country, but. Now, when you also can't identity. throw the ball and, like, all you can do is run. Bad game overall. It's try it. I still can't. I clearly still just am <laughs> perplexed uh, about what Tony Peterson was thinking. All right, so they're 2-5 and five then. It ended 5-7. and seven. I mean, great finish. Yeah. Then what, the off week happened? Or was Penn State right after? Home? No, there was a bye. There was a bye week. And then the legendary trip to University Park, State College, Happy Valley, whatever you want to call it. Beaver Stadium. 
and the infamous infamous 20 to 18 nine overtime win which uh a lot of people a lot of Illinois football fans and then a lot of college football fans too became well equipped well acquainted with the new overtime rules which are dumb bonkers but also never knew it was so tough to get a two-point conversion yeah exactly I mean and like it's a huge win oh yeah obviously we're Illinois but like I think it's it was lost that took these teams nine overtimes <laughs> to figure this thing out. Like the execution went in the toilet. Yeah, uh, what Brandon Peters came in because Art Sikowski broke his arm. Yeah, in what like the fourth uh, overtime? Yeah, fourth, fifth overtime. Fourth what is what is the nine overtime? What did you call it? Nanupal. 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 Because next, because I looked it up, because it was like I was, was certain they were never going to finish. Yeah. Uh, it was Desupal was ten, and then I had <laughs> they've figured it out on the ninth, so I didn't have to look at eleven. But okay. so we're three and five, new life in the program. Penn State was ranked what ninth in the country at the time. Yeah, turned out to be a little high for the Nittany Lions. You finish well, seven and five. I yeah, think. I mean they had a really tough schedule to end the year, True. and they lost most of those games. But but that was also a game too where not only did we see the barge formation and the run heavy approach that Illinois used on offense, but also I think validation for Ryan Walters and what the defense uh, had been accomplishing. And, and we saw that on display too, because Penn state went up what 10, nothing looked like they were just going to kind of run away from Illinois and, yep. and the defense held steady and the offense did just enough. So three and five feeling good coming back to Champaign the annual Illinois Rutgers game, which thankfully I don't think we have to see again until 2024 after, what, six straight seasons of it? Six in a row. It's just, whatever. Thanks, Jim Delaney. Uh, what was the final score? It was bad. I don't like remember. 20 to 17 or something like that? Whatever it was. It was close. Yeah. I mean, Noah Vidrell. Former Nebraska basketball player Noah Vidrell. For a time, a brief moment in history. Uh, like he's not great. Did enough with his feet that was like Illinois couldn't figure it out, and just such a bad loss. Yeah, if you, if you really think about Drops it, drops to three and six. Focus as the calendar flips to November is okay. Twenty twenty two. Let's let's take a look. Oh wait, we're gonna Illinois is gonna win at Minnesota. What? Yeah. Fourteen to six. Rode their boat all over PJ Fleck. At Minnesota, at Minneapolis, too, first win at Huntington Bank Stadium since 2009. First win as first win by Illinois in the venue known as Huntington Bank Stadium because it used to be called TCF Bank Stadium. So true. As kind of a crazy finish. Then another bye week. Another bye week. So four and six. What are they? Three and four in the Big Ten at this point. Yeah, and then and then the last two. I mean. Could have beaten Iowa, I Lost think. Lost 33-23. They covered. Yeah, backdoor cover. Yeah, but still. Because um, Iowa, I mean, special teams, touchdown, changed the game. Hey, Iowa is in the Big Ten title game, Scott. Yeah, that's crazy because I didn't think they were particularly good. 10-2 and two Kirk Ferentz. Wild. Has a um, chance to, if, if the Hawkeyes win on Saturday night, probably no Big Ten team in the college <laughs> football playoff. Uh, yeah, it's, but like, Almost defense did what it needed to in that game, forced Iowa to kick a bunch of field goals, and the offense just couldn't do anything. True. Again, like, the the opportunity was there. It was like, okay, Iowa just kicked another field goal. Go score a touchdown. Yeah. 
once, and I think Illinois is back in that game. They just couldn't do it until the regular season finale. Yeah, 47-14 win to, to cap a up and down, tumultuous, full of adversity, full of high points, full of low moments as well for kind of successful season. Kind of successful season. So that is the 2021 season in a, in a nutshell. Big nut. Um, a lot of uh, off. Se- the, now the real fun begins with the off season and no, not fun. <laughs> the uh, uh, the roster churn that'll happen. We've already seen what two players enter the portal: uh, Eddie Smith and Kendall Smith, both defensive backs, uh, are deciding to yeah, play I mean, elsewhere that's next season. Entering the portal after the season because there's a few. That's that true. Done. Marcus Beeson. That's right. Yep. Marquez, excuse me. Um, Derek Smith. Yeah. No, no, so basically, if your last name is Smith, you're leaving. Don't want to make this point too before we we wrap up this podcast. though. this week, uh, very cool moment though at the end of the regular season finale uh, against Northwestern. Cool gesture by Brett Bielema uh, to put two players that have been. Connected to the Illinois program for quite some time, Mac Epstein, running back, and linebacker Jake Hansen to put them out there in victory formation. Uh, both those players had season-ending injuries. Uh, Epstein didn't play from like Virginia, might have been his last game. Uh, Maryland. I don't even know if he played against Virginia. Yeah, Hansen tore his ACL against Wisconsin. Whatever the. Yeah, it didn't. Yeah. Because he was sort because of, he missed like the Purdue game before that That's too. True. So he was in and out already. Anyway, guys that have um, you know dedicated a lot of their lives to the Illinois football program. Cool for them to be in uniform to be out there for the final snap of the season. Uh, I know Brett Bielema said it was a moment he'll always remember, and I know it meant a lot to to Hanson and Epstein too. So uh, pretty cool to have a coach that kind of understands there's bigger things than just uh, just winning and losing. Um, but recruiting never stops. Illinois added two commits this week. Uh, a lineman from Denmark. Yeah, Magnus Don't. Moeller. Best, I mean, best name on the team, I think, already. 6'8", uh, 300 pounds. Yeah, it might be 6'9". I okay. don't know. It's real tall. And then Elijah McCantos, uh, three-star Smaller. cornerback. <laughs> Smaller. He's only only six foot. Uh, cornerback out of Florida. Mm-hmm. So the that pipeline... DBs out of Florida seems to be continuing. Um, They're up to, what, 19 commits? Yep. Still 10th in the Big Ten with his class, 45th, I believe, nationally. Uh, early signing period day. Starts two weeks from today. It's coming. Um, and then, I mean, the portal, man. That's where it's going to be because Illinois is going to have a lot headed to it, and, you know, they need to – pluck some talent from the portal at some fairly key positions. Uh, it's a quarterback, um, offensive line, defensive line, probably a cornerback uh, as well to add to the secondary. Um, so there, there's work to be done. It's crazy, too, that I think about this now. As we sit here on December 1st, if Illinois were to have a – when Illinois has a spring game in April, the likely starting quarterback of people that are on the roster is Ryan Johnson. Because Art Sikowski won't be at spring ball, most likely. No, should. I mean, no. After breaking his arm and also having soldier surgery. Yeah. Um, huh. <laughs> I mean, right now, I, again, a lot. I, will, so I'd say the intent is to enroll a quarterback, yes. a transfer quarterback, starting in January. 
sky high in the Pollyanna, Illinois panel. Say get Spencer Rattler to champagne, but okay. I mean, that'd be cool. I don't know if he wants to hand the ball off thirty to forty. Yeah, so yeah, I'm not sure his skill set fits kind of the idea of what Brett Bielmo wants, but uh, you know, he was you know a Heisman hopeful before his season went uh, down the drain. So yeah, you're looking at a quarterback room of Ryan Johnson QB one, Matt Robinson backup right now. Wouldn't be surprised if Matt Robinson says hello to the portal. Yeah. Well, and because he's not guaranteed any more scholarship time at Illinois. Fair enough. Um, so, Ryan Johnson, Samari Collier. There you go. Okay. I mean, maybe Matt, maybe Matt Robinson says, maybe they keep him. Good no. program guy. Nice yeah. kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, never going to play. Um. All conference honors. Let's wrap it up with that. Uh, Kirby Joseph, first team, all Big Ten defense. Uh, the offensive honors came out on Wednesday today. Uh, Doug Kramer, I saw, got second team. Second team. Chase from Brown got coaches. Th- okay. Chase Brown got third team from coaches and media. Okay. Or no, just from the coaches. And Joseph's first team was just from the media, correct? Correct. He was second team from the coaches. Okay. It's, I mean, honestly, just like combine them into one or yeah. something, because it, it gets confusing. It does, and like, is the every team will only use the best one exactly. of yeah, those. Exactly. So, just don't even say who it, media Let's coaches. Make a cumulative vote between media and coaches. Yeah. So, look, all the award winners: Kirby Joseph, all Big Ten first team; Blake Hayes, all Big Ten third team; as well as James McCourt, all Big Ten third team; and then Sidney Brown, Owen Carney. Johnny Newton, Keith Randolph, and Devin Witherspoon were honorable mention. So that's your defense and special teams. Offense, Doug Kramer, uh, second team. Chase Brown, third team. Vidarian Lowe, Alex Walczewski, honorable mention. So not a surprise that there were more defense and special teams guys than, than offense because that's where the strength yeah. lied for Illinois. All right, that's going to put a bow on this uh, episode 42 of Inside Atlanta Football uh, with basketball in full swing and with Scott primarily handling coverage of that over the next two to three months. Uh, we'll probably shift to say in every other week format with Inside Atlanta football. Uh, I'll probably come back in two weeks and early signing period gets going on Wednesday. So I get to get to talk about a lot of guys that aren't going to play for two to three years. Yeah. I I'm less excited for the early signing period than I ever was for like February. Yeah, like, I agree. Just go back to that one. That one signing period. There was something about that. It was like a holiday. That day. It was. It's early February. It's you know right after the, well, not right after the Super Bowl, but there was some distance between the end of the season and kind of yeah. looking towards the new season. So but now, now things just never end. And this is true. just adding to it. Anyway, sorry. That was my tangent. <laughs> Read all of Scott's coverage in the News Gazette and LNHQ.com. We'll be back for another episode of Inside Atlanta Football later this month. Take care, everyone.